Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Life, Love, and Existential Dread. My name is Brian Arada. I'm a film composer in Los Angeles. And my co-host, an actor, writer, director, producer, there can be only one, the Highlander, Nathan Shelton. How you doing, Nathan? I'm so good. I'm so good today. <laughs> How you doing, Brian? Doing good. Glad to be here. Trying to stay cool with the heat going on here. It's uh, scorching out here. And if there are screams, there are kids playing at the pool. So I apologize for that in advance. There are <laughs> children trying to stay cool at the pool in my apartment complex. So I apologize if for that. If there's screams on my end, it's just the kids in my dungeon. So no. Oh, way. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're right under my feet. No. Um, <laughs> here in Chicago, it has been so nice. It's been in the mid to upper 60s, the mid 70s. Today, it's 79, I believe, is going to be the high. It was 77, but there's a storm that came in or was is kind of rolling in. So there's a nice breeze. I went on a nice long walk this morning. Oh, Are you kidding? I have all my windows open. It's so weird. This is not normal for this time, but it's been really nice. Back home in Missouri, it's like like a tropical nightmare it's just yeah. balmy and you know yucky sweaty but here yeah. it's beautiful it's man. a great time to be you should come visit you just come to the I want, yeah i want to come out to windy nice. just for the weather man yeah we're, yeah we're it's nice. i think it's supposed every... to be nice all week too good i will stay i'll stay the week as long as the weather's good because it's supposed to be around 100 here for the next Ugh. week or so yeah. that's what it was like back in missouri oh. yeah no bueno. no, no. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's enough of this already, man. Um, well, one thing I want to talk about and discuss is uh, I was watching some of those shows on Netflix, the movies that made us shows. Oh, yeah. And, we talked about those before. We love those. We talked about those before and in so many movies that defined who we are. I have no personality, so I would <laughs> watch movies and memorize movies and try to be the characters in movies. And, you know, so therefore the movies that made us, the movies right. that made me. And I speak and, almost exclusively in movie quotes. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Be, me and my sister, we would memorize entire movies. Clue the movie. Oh my God. That is, yes, absolutely. She, she, she and I had the whole thing memorized. Yep. She would, she would be the women. I would be the men. We'd flip flop and mix and match and everything. But then all of, we could also, quote it straight through so you could just do everybody yeah and we drive our parents crazy on like car trips and stuff me and her just doing that in the car and my mom's like shut up what are you guys doing what is that shut up you know driving <laughs> her so nuts and yeah. my dad is laughing his ass off because he's not that it was so funny. And it's making my mom mad, you know. So it was just so damn funny just to do yeah. that. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that really quick. Uh you know, I was I, I just had mentioned I was back in Missouri and uh my folks came to visit me here in Chicago a little bit ago, a couple weeks back. They were just here for the weekend. Um they were out having a, a vacation, uh, which they never get. And so um my my we all drove back we took the kids and we drove back to to springfield for a little bit missouri and then harrisonville where they live which is just south of kc where my dad is a, a pastor my mom works for umkc um and so we were out there uh driving back that long you know typically it's like an eight hour trip uh to springfield from chicago and uh my my firstborn lena is in the front seat and lena's texting them what I'm saying. And they're texting me back. Mom is, uh, I think dad is in the driving and my mom is in the passenger seat behind us with Finn in their car and they're texting. And we're going back and forth and back and forth for 25, 30 minutes, 
just with quotes from Big Trouble and Little China. <laughs> like the everything possible. And it got to the point I won, by the way. I won this quote war. But Lena was like at the 20 minute mark, Lena's like, Dad, can we stop doing this? Why are we doing this? You know, and I'd just be like, <laughs> you will come out no more. And, she, and Lena's like, oh, okay, you will All come right. out, you know, and it just kept going back and forth. And this, those movies, like back in that time period, you know, 80s movies, just damn, it's like 70s and 80s. There was something about the dialogue that I can quote all of Clue, like you said, and I can do it for Big Tremble, Little China, Ghostbusters, you know, all those movies. It's yeah. crazy. And so, you know, I was thinking about that today. I was like, man, movies really did make me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I am the amalgam of so many movies. And then I thought, well, what's my number one movie? And what I usually say is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And the reason I say that, and that was that was in 81. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because the theme music stuck with me. Oh, you know, yeah. 1981, what was I, uh, six, seven years old? And I was terrified of the melting faces at the end. Oh, yeah. And my, and my dad had to explain to me that, no, that's not, you know, that's not real people. That's like plastic, you know, movie prosthetics, because I didn't understand I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, days after seeing that movie in the theater, I'm still whistling and humming the theme music. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I was still a little kid, but it, it was that memorable to me. And, and my dad's like, what do you do? What is that? What are you singing? What is that? I was like, no, it was in the movie we saw earlier, you know, and it was like days ago, whatever, but I'm still whistling. Cause it's such an incredibly catchy melody and everything. Oh my God. Yeah. One of the best. I, I think it's arguably his best. I know everybody thinks star Wars is probably his best or jaws. I think no. it's the Raiders theme. I have to Def say that. Definitely. So catchy. So iconic. Everybody yeah. knows it. It's, it's, it's just one of the things John and Williams, the movements in it. It's just, oh, it's perfect. And I, and I love the thing. I love the story about um, John Williams wrote two themes is the the first one that's iconic one but then like the b section of the main theme was also a separate theme that spielberg said well can't you just use both and put them together somehow and then that became the theme because he wrote two separate things He's like no just put them all together use everything and i was like that was spielberg's genius on the music side of it uh, wow. for that movie as well so I, I you know i love thinking of that and, and knowing that but having that memory of my dad explaining that to me, remembering the music days later and everything that I always say, that's my favorite movie, but yeah. as a close second or a neck and neck tie is back to the future. And that was in 1985. Right. So I, I wanted to be Marty McFly. Um, I played piano, but it really is not a cool instrument. Guitar is really much cooler. And so I wanted to be him and jump around and play guitar on the stage. Johnny be good. Johnny yeah. be good and, uh, and all that stuff, ride a skateboard. And I would tell you this, me and my friends, we would get uh, hold on to the back of the ice cream truck in our neighborhood <laughs> because yes. it's so damn slow. It's like yeah. it goes like five, ten miles an hour. We'd hang on to the back of the truck and do, the, do that thing, hang yep. on to the back things. So – I was like, man, that movie really made me. So I was like, well, Raiders, yes, but Back to the Future, a little more so because I was like, man, you were I older, just want to right? do that. When Back to the Future uh, came out, because that yeah. was what, 84? 85 is 85. Back to the Future. So I'm, right. ten, so I'm 10 years old. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm three. You're three. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> <laughs> just stabbed you right in the back there. <laughs> yes, I'm the old man on the show, everybody. I'm the old man. Nathan's the baby. He will always be. That's the way it is. Just a little baby. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you, though. Both of those movies also, you know, I mean, I think anybody that grew up in the 80s, those movies yeah. had to have had to have had just a, such a dramatic effect. Incredible effect on my life and uh, just just becoming who I am. Again, I, I was like, I want to emulate that character and just mm-hmm. want to be Marty McFly no matter what. But then I was looking at how many movies influenced me in 1985 alone. It was unbelievable. I looked it up. Uh, how many movies were in 1985? What were the box office hits? Okay. Right. The Goonies, another monstrous right. influence For, upon me. The Goonies. Of course. Breakfast Club, even though I didn't really understand it at the time. Breakfast yeah. Club was in 85 as well. Right. Rocky, Rocky Four. We already talked about it on the previous episode. Rocky Four, major influence because me and my brother would fight a lot. So I wanted to be Rocky Balboa. And, and, right. Know, and I've still not seen that one. You got. I don't right. know. I'm just not right. into the Rocky movies. I will. I will. That's I'll fine. do it for you. I'll do it for you. You come and visit, and we'll watch the complete Rocky uh, filmography. Okay. Okay. We got a deal there. And it's... the novelizations of the books, we'll, or of the movies, we'll read those together out loud. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. Before we Yo, go Adrian. to sleep in sleeping bags. Well, it'll be a, a week-long sleepover of Rocky. Oh man, looking forward to it. That would be. I would be in heaven if we watch. If we watch all those Rocky movies all in a row. That'd be so great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Rocky Four was another one. Clue was also in 1985. We're talking about that a second ago. Yep. And then, uh, but also Chevy Chase movies, um, National National Lampoon's European Vacation, mm-hmm. Spies Spies Like Us, and Fletch all came out in '85. They all huge, did. I did not know that. For some reason, I thought them. Fletch was uh younger or older than that. You know, like it had come out earlier. Yeah. But yeah, like three yeah, monster hit great. movies for him in 85 and it just kept going um commando i love commando commando's a great movie yeah schwarzenegger's first you know i was like oh again you know like looking at rocky movies like oh man i want to be that buff and big and you know uh ripped to shreds when i get older you know it's another one of those things you look at that guy and see that uh as a kid um but and but some horror stuff in there i don't know if you were a fan of this i want to ask you about this was the nightmare on elm street Two was released in eighty five. I don't know if you're a fan of that series or or what, but I noticed that was in eighty five as well. Yeah, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street two is kind of infamous uh, in the pantheon of all of those movies. I don't know if you know the the story with that, but there's a documentary on that as well on Nightmare on Elm Street two specifically because um, you know there was a lot of um, themes in it that people thought were uh, inherently gay or like not inherently, but that that were there, and um, the lead actor. Um, it, I think at the time I can't remember that they talk about this in the documentary, and I don't know if he was outed by the movie or like he. I mean, oh. I I think he is a gay. I mean, he he was a gay actor, but I don't know if he was open about that at the time. And um, the director, it just and it also was the one that kind of broke the Freddie trope. Of like, because he actually is outside of the dreams in that movie. He's in the real uh. world, and that just didn't make any sense. But there's a really good documentary on it. I can't remember the name of that, but but you could check it out. I think it's on Shutter. Um, it might even be on Amazon Prime. Really good documentary. I enjoyed it. But the um, that movie, you know, those movies. I knew about them. They definitely had a, such an impact on all of us as kids at that time because everybody for Halloween. We were dressing up, you know, well, you know, kids my age, we were always dressing up like Freddy Krueger, Chucky, uh, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees. All those guys 
were so big. I was more into the classic monsters. My dad and my mom would not let us watch Nightmare on Elm Street. So I didn't grow up with that. And my parents let me watch a lot of shit, right? Like I saw a lot of things that were very scary. I saw American Werewolf in London when I was four. I had nightmares, but it made me want to be an actor and a special effects makeup artist, you know, uh, that wow. thriller thriller in the making too. So, I mean, there's things that we saw, but for some reason, you know, the slashery kind of stuff. And we saw the first Halloween movie too with my dad um, when we were very young because he loves that movie, but he, he would make us leave during the booby scenes and stuff like that. But the Freddy Krueger movies, they're so, you know, it's the teen, the slasher. There's a lot more sex in it and a lot more. Uh, and he thought that with the nightmare stuff, maybe it would be too scary. And he, I think at the time, my dad just didn't really like those movies, thought they were kind of like trashy horror. And my dad's a huge horror buff, right? But not mm-hmm. not into the slashery stuff as much. So I didn't grow up as influenced, but peripherally influenced by All Freddy right. Krueger, right? So like I, you know, I would have a folder that was like a Nightmare on Elm Street folder, or I'd get sticker packs with Freddy Krueger, or I would you know, get a Freddy glove or a mask or something like that. And all my friends, like we would play Freddy Krueger, you know, at, at recess or whatever. Yeah. But no, I was not a fan of those movies uh, in the sense of, I actually knew them. I didn't watch those movies until much, much later. I think I was either in high school or maybe even college when I actually saw all of them, you know, like went back and watched all of them. But I will tell you, my favorite is Freddy versus Jason. Aside from the first movie out of both of those uh, franchises, I love Freddy versus Jason. I think it's goofy. It's got everything you want in a horror movie and it combines both of them so well. Uh, Is it a perfect movie? Hell no. But is it a lot of fun to watch? Hell yes. And I was working at a movie theater when it came out. So I still have all the swag from it, like shirts and like they had those like wrestling uh, lanyards from from the movie that were, you know, versus they were like, who's going to win? It was like a big deal when that movie came out. You know, the first cross franchise, those two icons. Yeah. Um, but no, I yeah, I, I do love the very first Nightmare on Elm Street, but I'm not. And, and Dream Warriors is pretty good, but not didn't really get into those. Sorry, that was okay. a long winded answer to your question. But no. In 1985, definitely, I, I didn't really know much about Freddy Krueger. Okay, because I saw that go by. I was like, well, maybe Nate, you know, maybe you were influenced by that somehow, or you saw that, you know, and terif- terrified by it as a young kid, you know, as as a lot of things. And you mentioned Halloween a second ago. I remember seeing Halloween at a very young age. It came out in '78, the yeah. first one. Okay, yeah. and I it wasn't when I came out because I was three years old in '78, but I remember seeing it as a very young child and was terrified of it. Oh, I was yeah. terrified. Like I couldn't sleep for like two or three days. It's of that still movie. scary. I think, I think it's the best out of all of those, all the slasher. I mean, it's pre slasher. Yeah. It's not really a slasher movie and yet it is, yeah. but it's classier than what became slashers. Like it's classier yeah. than any Friday, the 13th movie, you know, yeah. and uh, Freddie's kind of endearing because it's not just a slasher movie. I mean, he's like a weird, funny, you know, goofy kind of villain. So yeah. it's a very different movie, but yeah, Halloween that first one, ooh, so ooh. scary. I still very... I love that. I watch it every Halloween. I okay, love yeah, but I I remember watching it recently again, and still, you know, I'm 47. I'm still getting like memories of it as a kid. It was oh, it's, right. it's it still affects me all these years later. So yeah, I should I shouldn't have watched it as a young child, but somehow or another I did, and still yeah. terrified to this day. So, uh, but I, I, anyway, iconic movies of those times and, and how they affect you. And again, the whole topic of what I want to talk about today. Um, but then another movie that greatly influenced me in 1985 was Amadeus. 
Okay. Oh yeah. So the story of Mozart and Salieri, which is not true. It's a totally made up for the movie and everything. They were really kind of colleagues and Mozart actually kind of was jealous of Salieri, apparently not the other way around uh, as the movie oh. depicts. So, well, and it's uh, based off of a, of a Broadway production. Yeah. A stage where, play. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's just Salieri like doing a confessional thing to the priest or whatever, you know, and thing like that. But then, you know, obviously it was a gigantic, ginormous hit you know, right. and everything, but still hugely influential to me. I was like, well, yeah, that's Mozart and everything. And then it's like, be that good. And my brother could do the thing where he, um, there's a scene in that movie where they flip him upside down and he plays the piano like backwards. Yes. My yes. brother, could, my brother could do that. Cause he's, he's a pretty good piano player too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, that's awesome. So again, have you ever no, practiced that? Did you ever do I, that? I never did it. I was, I was like, I don't think I could do that. You know, like you got to think backwards on your hands and everything. And he was famous. Mozart was famous for that. He could think forwards and backwards on music. Didn't matter. You know, everything was all squared in his head because he was such a genius. Prodigy. Composer. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that movie too. When I was young, man, I did. Yeah. I, I, I used to do that laugh that. Yeah, <laughs> laugh that Tom Hulse does in <laughs> that as so good. It's so good. And the makeup in that movie was done by the grandfather of modern makeup, Dick Smith. And he won an Academy Award for that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hey. you know, the old age makeup on Salieri, um, that used to scare the crap out of me when he slits his throat in that movie. Yeah. I was always like, ah. my dad had a book of uh, cult films and like iconic films. And there's a close up picture of that where he's you know, got the slit throat. I was always like, Oh my God. Yeah. 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 And, and the makeup and everything. And the fact that he, you know, old man, he's trying to kill himself and everything. So Mm -hmm. it's, 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 um, very Abraham. So good. So good. So good. So good. Plays the, uh, the, the king of mediocrity, you know, so well, even though, even though the, the real guy really wasn't in real life. So, right. But, uh, but another hugely influential movie. So, anyway, I was thinking about that today, you know, it's like 1980, but that's only in 1985. Right. Like so many iconic films in 85, you know, and, and the clue thing and everything. And, um, another movie that me and my sister memorized that was hugely influential. And we thought, and we, we have it almost word for word. And we recently redid it. Last time, or uh, when I visited her back in December, was Spaceballs, oh. and was that eighty five? Yeah, that was eighty five. Or, or I'm sorry, eighty seven. Spaceballs. 87. Oh, I, okay. I looked it. I looked okay, it up. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, but she, she and I can do Spaceballs, and um, oh, completely. <laughs> And so we found it like on YouTube with ads or something like that, and then we're sitting there, and then her son jumps into the room and starts sitting down and listening to us, you know, doing the whole thing. And he is wildly entertained <laughs> by oh, I'm sure. his, his mother and his uncle, you know, quoting this thing word for word. You know, How many assholes we got on this thing? Yo! <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken! You know, I mean, just so many oh, great that's lines. Mr. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mr. Radar. Yeah, we so, that's another very highly quotable uh, movie. I mean, yeah. you know, all those Mel Brooks movies, uh yeah. the earlier ones definitely have, oh, have yeah. just so, perfect quotes. But man, yeah, totally. That was that was another one that made me and my sister and we you know, we we would just quote that thing over and over again and still could do it, you know, all these years later. Could do most right. of it. I I was actually fumbling on a few words, like a few little words here and I'm like, "Oh, yes, it's the or an or uh, you know, or I miss I miss oh. things like that, you know." And she and was I too. see your Schwartz is as big as mine. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I um, you know, you're talking about just the 80s being this decade of just 
amazing powerhouse movies that still hold true today, not just for fans, but just in the pantheon of great films. And it's across all genres, right? It's action movies, drama movies, you know, period pieces, historic pieces, kids, you know, family friendly movie, everything. Horror yeah. movies take the cake, I believe, because almost everything that was coming out in the 80s was gold. And we're not just talking American film. We're talking worldwide. If you go back, there's some – the best horror movie documentaries that are out there, in my opinion, are the In Search of Darkness documentaries that are on Shudder. Those are both – there's two of them. They're both four-hour documentaries on movies from the 80s, and they both cover different movies. Wow. That are in that and they're making a third one that Excellent. is going to be the final one. And that also, I believe, will be in the 80s. Now, maybe hopefully, God, that same production company will move on and do the 90s uh, as well or maybe the 70s. But I don't know. It's not as rich of a decade. 90s are pretty rich, but not as, you know, with what was coming out, because in the 80s, that was the birth of modern special effects. So you had big budget and small budget movies that were doing crazy things and experimental directors that were able to get their stuff to the direct-to-video markets, things like that. So those documentaries, oh my, I cannot recommend them enough. They, I, I go back and watch them over and over again because the, the, um, the interviews that they have with actors and directors from the time, there's a lot of insight into what was going on in our country and other countries at that time. They go in, the second one really goes into a lot of world uh, cinema in the 80s, talking about like Italian horror and its influence on American horror. Um, oh. And uh, oh, my God, it uh, cannot recommend that that documentary series enough, man. If you love 80s movies and you love 80s horror specifically, you've got to check that out in search of All darkness. Right. Yeah. In search of dark. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we'll do. Yeah. 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 Worth so. the shutter subscription alone. <laughs> yeah, they have great content on there, but but that's yeah. gold. Excellent. Oh man. Well, that's that's uh I don't know. That's that's what was on my mind. I was I was just like, man, so many movies contributed to who I am today, you know, and yes, I'm just quoting all those things, but uh, also trying to, you know, like I said, trying to be Marty McFly right. or trying to be, you know, Indiana Jones or whatever, you know. I was like, man, I, I hugely influential and right. i truly think in my personality today not that i'm as cool as marty mcfly or ever was or ever you will might be, be as cool as doc brown maybe doc brown yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know how they found me but they found me um i uh, uh so. i think brian i think that the uh that those movies that made us it's interesting culturally because those movies didn't just make us right there's a whole generation of people, including people outside of the industry that didn't want to get into filmmaking, but still are so heavily influenced by those that they're continuously shown in midnight showings across the country. There's there's movies from the 80s that have never really left being shown theatrically because mm -hmm. they're so popular and they continue to be. And I think we see that in our culture today, especially over the last 10 years, you've really seen this weird – 80s nouveau kind of like idealism that's popping up. And I think Stranger Things was that the fact that Stephen King's constantly getting uh, brought because Stephen King's heyday was the 80s, right? That's when he really blew up as the mega star that he is. And you go back and uh, it, Stranger Things, those kind of movies that are coming back and getting uh, revivals. And, you know, you have all these other movies that have these 
80s that are either set in the 80s or have this kind of 80s feel to them with mm-hmm. kids being more free and um, uh, independent at a younger age, being able to go out with their friends and do things which we don't have as much anymore because of the way the world is different, um, you know, but that that kind of I mean, Stranger Things is so huge and their 80s nostalgia is is at the heart of that right and it's yeah. not even half the crap in there is not even real 80s nostalgia it's almost it's almost like a, a cliff notes version or 80s for dummies version you know it's like it's not really lived in 80s there's some movies yeah. that really captured the 80s i think much stronger but yeah. you see that a lot in in uh genre films that it's still being done and i think we're getting ready to start making the jump into 90s um, and the the movies that people love from the 90s are starting to get their remakes. They're starting to get people idealizing those. So I wonder how how often this cycle goes back through. Um, and obviously it goes to my kids because, you know, my kids enjoy Stranger Things. My kids enjoy things. The 80s to them is like what the... 60s i guess were to us right and the you know the the 60s and the early 70s were to us kind of like being this i'm not near that generation but i appreciate all this great stuff coming out of it you know like the the music or the the films and stuff like that and um so it's like a, a bygone recent generation and um and just to watch my kids who are both teenagers embrace 80s things they love all the movies that we're talking about you know they they used to watch clue all the time and Ro- clue's a great road trip movie because it's you can just like zoom into it right yeah and um you know i showed that to alma and uh my wife um who is uh you know spanish native speaker um but english is a second language but when you have jokes that are in english firing at rapid fire um even if and we watched it in spanish and Things don't trans jokes. I think in whatever language you're going in, if it's not in the native language and you don't speak that language and you don't understand culturally that particular culture, because so much of humor is cultural references, plays on words, you know, different things that you know it's for specific audiences. There's, I, I don't think all comedy transcends that and goes out past that. Yeah. So all of us here in the, in America and probably in England. You know, Europe would love Clue. But when you get outside of that and you have these, you know, um, Latin cultures or, um, you know, Middle Eastern cultures or African cultures or, you know, even South America, you know, it's like you just get into all these different places. They might not understand culturally where a lot of those jokes are, the plays on words, definitely in the translation with the dialogue, but even references to things and societal statures and, and understanding um, you know, specifically with Clue, the uh, the nature of that time period and uh, communism and uh, the, who J. Edgar Hoover is, you know, because yeah. he's on everybody else's phone. Why is he? Why would he be on mine? You know, it's like you miss those jokes if you if you're not. It, like if you're not part of this, you don't know what it was like. You know, we don't we weren't living in the 50s during McCarthyism and all of that horror show of of the Red Scare and everything. But we understand it Indeed. because we are products of people who who did live it, just yeah. like everything we were living in the 80s and the Cold War and uh, the, still the threat of nuclear annihilation that was present everywhere at the time yeah. trickles down through our gen through our kids 
you know, and everything like yeah. that. So even though they didn't live it, they understand it because of the media at the time. And um, it's a cultural like passing down that you we don't even I don't think mean to do it's you don't even have to discuss it it's just inherent in that media so yeah. I don't know there was a lot of shit going on in the 80s and it, but it birthed a hell of a ton of great great movies great movies and yeah. and, and books and everything I mean I, I love the 80s I, I like the music I, from the 80s I my kids love music from the 80s like most of my Lena's you know uh their uh, uh music playlist is just filled Filled with 80s, 80s stuff. A lot of Oingo, Boingo. Hey. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of great 80s bands and a lot of 90s stuff and, of course, modern stuff too. But, oh. yeah, it's uh, it's great. Uh, but that's, it's weird to think it was so long ago. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so long ago. But, yeah, but still hugely influential in these days. You know, like you mentioned, Stranger Things, there is an episode in season three where they use the score to Back to the Future. And I thought it was yep. used extremely well when they're running around the movie theater or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's just you know nostalgia, but also a new twist on it. You know, particularly with that show. Um, right. But it just it just got me thinking today. I was like, man, how many how many movies influenced me, made me who I am, and how many of them were just in that one year, eighty five, eighty five, yeah. And another another one I want to mention. I mean, I'm sure we could go off on this this one too. But another <laughs> one was uh, Weird Science. Uh, another John uh, Hughes. Speaking movie. of Oingo Boingo, absolutely. I was like, I, well, you, you said Oingo Boingo, and I was like, oh, I forgot about Weird Science '85. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I wanted to mention that one, but that was another one I thought it was really cool. Um, so it it or, or hugely influential. You know, I wasn't a very popular kid or anything, so I was like, oh, maybe I'm kind of like these guys, whatever. Looking um, at some some other movies that came out in '85, dude. Yeah. Fright Night. Oh, okay. That that movie you might see. I'm a horror buff. I don't know if I don't know seen. that one. Fright I heard Night, of it. Heard of it. Don't know it. No. Fright Night was my brother and I. Oh my god! I grew up wanting to be Peter Vincent, the vampire killer, and we. I mean, I watched that movie over and over and over again. That was yeah. eighty five. I forgot that was eighty five. Cat's Eye, Stephen King. That's an anthology movie that scared the crap out of me, and I watched it all the time i did not know that came out in 85 too but that's an early drew barrymore better off dead a savage steve holland movie one yeah. of my favorite all-time john cusack movies it's yeah. that you know he did those two with savage steve holland that and uh, one crazy summer in the 80s and oh just yeah. that one and i think that i think the better off dead is is actually better than um than one crazy summer but people would argue with me we also have day of the dead Return of the Living Dead, those both came out in 85. So yeah. that's amazing. Freaking Legend came out in 85. Oh, you know, okay. with, yeah, with yeah. the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. And you've got Tim Curry also playing Lord Darkness and Tom Cruise and Billy Barty and just this fantasy epic. Oh, and my man Bob Picardo playing uh <laughs> playing Meg the <laughs> Meg Mucklebones, the witch, which I did get to talk to him about. And he he almost got his head chopped off in real life because of this metal plate of the thing that shot him up out of the water. It was pretty dangerous. Oh my um, God, dude. Cause his suit got waterlogged and he wasn't coming up fast enough. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was messed up, but he was, he was okay. Uh, but oh, it was, yeah. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Man. uh, but yeah. And then looking at, uh, freaking uh, Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf came Teen out that Wolf. same year. Yeah, Teen Wolf, and that was, was a huge big... movie for kids. I think it was mainly yeah. kids that liked it. I, I, you know, when you watch it and you go back and you watch it as an adult, you're kind of like, this is really isn't a great movie. But as a kid, 
he's up on top of the thing and you know playing guitar and it's 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 a werewolf movie but it's not scary at all so that's amazing teen wolf came out that year life force came out that year um which is the famous vampire booby movie (laughs) the space vampires and actually i never saw that i've always heard of life force right because it's a cult classic i just watched it for the first time probably five years ago and i loved it i really i still think that that's a great movie the explorers came out that that year explorers is that year too yes whoa another wildly influential movie and Gosh, you've got After Hours, which was a very adult movie, right? But After Hours came out. My parents loved that movie. They talked about it constantly. And I kept going, God, I want to watch After Hours. I want to watch this movie. And I watched it later and I'm like, meh. But they loved it, you know, in the, in the 85. <laughs> they loved it. And then these are some of my other top favorites from this year. You got Enemy Mine with Dennis Enemy Quaid Mine. and Louis Dennis Gossett Quaid. Jr. I watched that over and over again. Freaking Stephen King's Silver Bullet, the movie version of Cycle of the Werewolf with uh, with crazy um, – uh oh shoot what's his name the uh who plays the uncle in that well Corey Haim is the main kid in it but his uncle's played by um Gary Busey oh <laughs> crazy ass <laughs> Gary Busey and he's like improvising his dialogue and you could tell oh man that movie's great uh yeah. Silver Bullet Brazil by Brazil. Terry Gilliam which is a oh. Brazil is like one of Terry Gilliam's greatest movies Terry Gilliam who did like Time Bandits and uh you know, uh, God, I don't know, so many movies. The, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which I believe was 89. But Brazil, uh, Jonathan Price stars in it, and it is epic. I mean, this year was insane. Room saying. with a View, uh, St. Elmo's Fire, freaking Real Genius. Real Genius, yeah, another Real Val Genius, Kimmer. which yeah. I watched over and over again. Like you said, Commando, Witness with Harrison Ford Ooh, came out that yeah. same year. The yeah. Color Purple. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about Fletch, but I mean, God, what an amazing year. Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk came out that year. Lady Hawk with Matthew Broderick, Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer. Do you know that movie where they, they Again, like heard of it, but I don't know it. Yeah. Oh, it takes place in like the 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 uh medieval times and every time at sunset they're cursed. And so he turns into a wolf and she turns into a hawk right at sunset at so they can never be human together. And Matthew Broderick's this young thief trying to help them. Uh, and against the evil church, return to Oz. Also, Silverado, one of the greatest. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, one of the greatest um, uh, westerns I've seen. I'm not a big western fan, but I love Silverado and a good yeah. score. Mad Max uh, Beyond oh, Thunderdome. Oh, Dude. Beyond the Thunderdome, and well, yeah. and I, I remember uh, Bruce Broughton was the score on Silverado. Oh, um, yeah, but also yeah, Mad Max Thunderdome, love that one too. I mean, yeah, '85, jam packed with Jewel of the Nile, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Come I forgot on, about Pee Wee. I, for- I was going to say Pee Wee. I forgot yeah. about Pee Wee. Big adventure. Jeez, I'm just another... looking at this right now so I can, you know, I'm remembering all this. But that yeah. year, wow. Yeah. It was, and, and all those ones I forgot about. But yeah, there's so many just in 85 alone. So yeah. Lucio Fulci. Uh, yeah. The, oh my God. Demons. Transylvania 6 5000. Lots of great horror movies that I just loved coming out. House came out that year too. House. All right. Ugh. I love that movie. Dude, <laughs> 85. That was that was a good year. Maybe maybe I'll do a, a 85 retrospective this year for Halloween and just go back through The Bride with Sting. Oh, that came out that year. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah. Was a very good year. Yeah. <laughs> 85, man. I was 3, you were like 6 or 7. 
I was I was ten. Yeah, but oh but, ten. Yeah, but, but still, but still very, still very young. Didn't know what was happening, but uh, yeah, but wildly, wildly influenced by so many of those movies. Yeah, oh, and just, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it, totally. just got me thinking about that today. I'm like, man. So it was just yeah. one after another, one after another. Absolutely. The whole year. Well, uh. yeah. Now I'm itching to watch some uh, some eighties eighties uh, fun movies, not just horror too. Like, geez, just big great, movies, yeah, huge some movies, great, yeah. great, great movies that came out in that time period that definitely need to get revisited. And I will yeah. definitely be be going back and watching some of these. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, thanks for the heads up on these and and for this nice little trip down memory lane for both. Yeah, of us. it's fun. It's good. I love it. I love. It. I want to talk to you about it too, but you know, you wanted the horror side of it, but I kind of more the pop. I have more of the you know big Absolutely. movies. I'm more of that side of it, you know. But I, I want to ask you about Nightmare on Elm Street, but uh, but of course, you know, I've, I knew you'd have that response too. It was like, man, you knew about it. It was wildly influenced, but then all these other ones pop up in this last bit. So, right, yeah, and yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, obviously, it was huge in the '80s. It just for me, I didn't get into it. You know, because yeah. my dad, my parents just didn't let me watch it. So. I knew of it. I respected it for what it was, but I didn't. And I, everybody knew who Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger was on like commercials for household products at the time. I mean, Robert England was huge, and yeah. so yeah. But I just never got got really into to those yeah. movies until much later. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we only got a couple minutes left, but uh, I I know we could keep yapping on for forever. But uh, About I want to. But eighties movies, even outside of eighty five. But I swear, I swear, you could talk for three more hours about eighty five. Even Back to the Future alone, I could keep going off on that. But, oh right, uh, a couple oh, yeah. a minute or so left here. So awesome. Well, uh, it was great talking to you as always, my friend. And uh, those of you listening out there, thank you so much for joining us uh, in this conversation. Maybe you got excited a little bit about going back to the all the way back to 1985 to listen and to watch uh, uh, movies from, from that decade. Uh, just some amazing, amazing contributions to pop culture, not only here in America, but across the world in 80, in, in the eighties, not just 85. And uh, yeah, if you would like get a hold of us, um, you know, be a part of the conversation, hit us up on social media, hit us up on our, um, on our Instas, on our uh, Twitters, on our uh, Facebooks and on our uh, emails. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we would love to, uh, to check at. um we might have some guests uh guests coming on the show uh here soon we've got some some good friends working in the industry that have unique perspectives and also uh deal with life love and existential dread as we all do so <laughs> uh but uh, thanks for joining us today brian dude as always love chatting thanks so much thanks so much man i'll see you i'll see you next time awesome bye everybody thanks <laughs>